Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. Today, I have a guest who is bound to inspire you to step it up in a big way. But before I bring her on board, I just want to remind you that coming this fall, Christy Hart and I are putting on the Bulletproof Confidence. So ladies, this one is for you. The weekend to get you really revved up and showing up in a big way. So sign up. For the Bulletproof Confidence Weekend, it is going to blow your mind. We're going to have so much fun. Now, I want to get jump over to introduce my guest, Tracy, the unstoppable Tracy. Now, let me just run through a few of her accomplishments and the things that she's gotten into because, like, unbelievable. So she has been in Oprah's Magazine, Raw Beauty. She's been the Quest for the Gold World Cup Olympic class sailor. She's climbed the Himalayan's mountains. She's captured the 110-foot tall ship, won a pair-skiing bronze, and is terribly funny. I, she's so much fun. Now, here's the cool thing. She's done all that, kicking my ass, and she was born a four-way amputee. Like, incredible. She's an award-winning leader, humanitarian, an advocate, decorated athlete, international speaker. You know, just reading this off, I'm starting to get tired. Tracy, like you are an incredible woman and I am so happy to have you here on my podcast. Well, thank you, Dana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Like, have you always had this high level of energy? You and I talked a little bit just before we hit record and your energy is like off the scale. Like, (laughs) Has that always been the case? I'm afraid so. My, wow. my poor mother, she's super quiet, super introverted, and she ended up getting this child that just randomly draw people in right from the pram. <laughs> That's incredible. Incredible. You know, these things that you've accomplished, like, that is incredible for an average person to do. You know, climbing the Himalayas is not something I would even think about doing, and I have all four limbs. So, like, what prompted you to do to be going out and doing all these incredible things. You know, everything leads to something. Each opportunity spills off, right? The, yeah. the Himalayas spilled off of working at Outward Bound Climbing and the and Outward Bound Climbing spilled off of sailing and sailing spilled off of skiing. And, and all of these things sort of started because I went swimming. So, it, you know, each thing is a really great opportunity that connects to another and not just in my recreation world and adventure world, but even in the business world. That's amazing. Jump, right? You got, you got to get started and you do one thing full on and passionately and, and every time more possibilities grow. You know, it's so true. It's like a lot of times people think, oh, well, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't climb the Himalayas, but yet... You know, it's like, take the first step. Yeah. What is the starting point? What can you do today? And, and I always wonder, you know, the fact that you have been, you, know, you have this physical challenge and you're working around that, like, do you think that's maybe set up your brain to think in terms of how can I instead of I can't? A hundred percent, 200 percent. You know, I'm the only person in my family that has gone on to get an MBA. I'm the only person that's climbed the Himalayas but, or even had some of that kind of adventure. 
travel. I've taught in Uganda and Mexico and Jamaica and, you know, captain tall ships in the Eastern Atlantic. And so in terms of adventure and in terms of education and even some of my, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, my, my mindset and my way of being and I have an incredible family, very, very supportive, but I'm totally a unique outlier and not just because of having a disability, but I do think it sort of drove me. I think I'm really lucky that this is something that I was born with uh, because it has initially afforded me those opportunities. It's taught me really early. You want to make something happen and you want to get over people underestimating you, then that's what I've got to do. Uh, yeah. to participate, right? If I want to go to an able-bodied kindergarten class, then I've got to demonstrate uh, way harder and more thoroughly with a lot more perseverance. And that that just sort of is my way of being because it was taught to me really early that that's what I need to do to be full on in this world. I'm, I'm not shy, so I don't want to be small, <laughs> right? Like, I want to be where the fun is. And so that, you know, all the other kids on my street are over there. So I got to do what it's going to take to be over there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, it's just, it's so incredible. As I, as I listen to you, because like you're, I just can't get over how high energy you are. Like you, <laughs> you know, I'm like, how do I bottle that up? Can I, can you sell some of that? Cause you know, you said to me before we get on the call, you had 21 speaking engagements in the last 10 days. Oh yeah. It's funny that you're saying I'm high energy. I'm like, what? This is like, it's a, it's a really human hot place right now in my apartment. And it's been like, go, go, go with very little sleep lately. And and as launching a business in a really exponential way, it's like, okay, I got to do my, my computer stuff at nighttime because I'm busy running around in the daytime. <laughs> and, uh, it's really funny that you're saying how high energy I am. I'm so glad that that comes across still because this is actually the dial down, Tracy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't <laughs> imagine. I was like, so if this funny. is dialed down, oh my God, I'm glad I got you on a, on a low day because I think you'd be like <laughs> running away on your own on this podcast. <laughs> incredible, incredible. So, you know, what are the things that you are really passionate about? Because I know what I didn't read in your bio was, um, you know, the piece that you're doing, you're working as a corporate consultant. And, you know, that's not something that most people think of as going from all this Olympic stuff to the business world. So tell me about the transition there. Uh, you know, and it isn't something that I thought of either initially. Uh, I started off right out of, I, I did a big adventure, 28 countries involved, and we were doing scientific research and community work internationally. So I came back and I, I, I stopped pursuing my psychology degree and I jumped into a recreation diploma because I wanted to do leadership development in international countries, in developing countries. I wanted to make a difference in a big way. And so what I ended up doing with this leadership diploma of team building and group dynamics and developing others, and I remember coming back after being in Mexico for a year and I was a grade four teacher there. And uh, Air Canada was on strike. Mm. All the pilots had, were grounding the planes in 1998. Yep. They were looking for a, a short-term solution. While all they've got all these, they've got reservation agents, check-in agents, 
you know, baggage handlers. They've got people from all sides of the business except for the pilots, flight attendants. Only the pilots were on strike, but everybody else is, is in limbo. So they wanted to hire someone for six weeks that had an education degree, which I had, and they wanted someone with a disability, ideally, the, you know, the government had mandated, you know, we'd like you to have someone with a disability deliver this training. Wow. They brought me in, and the first day on the job, they didn't have uh, an audience for serving customers with disabilities. And Delta Hotels was pitching Air Canada a leadership development program, problem solving, conflict resolution, valuing diversity in terms of all diversity, not just diversity for people with disabilities and, and concierge, high performance experience yeah. service. And so she asked me, what did you think? And it was my first day on the job. I want to be positive and complimentary. So, you know, fabulous content, really good learning objectives and very specific to the, the content. And she, so she, maybe she picked up that I wasn't saying something between the lines. And she said, <laughs> so what would be one constructive or what's one thing you would do differently if you delivered this? So, you know, being a teacher and being a recreationist and being someone that's like, you know, delivering group dynamics in countries that don't have anything but mud, right? Like you're, you're just, you don't even have a roof over your head a lot of the times. So never mind blackboards or PowerPoints or, or props. So I was really wanting to do an activity that caused an, a hands-on interactive problem solving activity instead mm -hmm. of some PowerPoints about the five steps. <laughs> and so she, she loved it. And she said, well, what about conflict resolution? What would you do in that one? And she carried on. And at the end of that day, the next morning, she turned my six week contract for serving customers with disabilities into a full-time position in management and career development. And they didn't take the Delta Hotels product and I became their management and career development specialist. Oh, wow. And, and overseeing that and being a part of that and being part of a team. And so it was phenomenal. And, and I did very little serving customers with disabilities and I did a whole lot of developing others and coaching others and working with managers and directors and even a couple of senior VPs in performance consulting. What does it take? What's what's happening now? What's the learning gap? What is it that you want to achieve? And it was a great time to be there because as a as an employee, not for the world and not for the company, but it was super exciting job because Canadian Airlines and Air Canada were both going through bankruptcy. And oh. in the world, right? United Airlines was as well. Like it was the airline industry as it existed initially couldn't couldn't be that way anymore. It was too mm -hmm. expensive. And so there was a big rebranding, refocusing, and repositioning of the way things were always done in order to survive bankruptcy. And there couldn't be Canadian Airlines in Air Canada anymore. And it was a lot of thousands of employees across Canada that were going to be out of a job. So the Canadian Transportation Agency mandated this, you know, assessment of the two airlines and what was going to work best. And so Air Canada was told that if we're going to help you survive, you've got to take on Canadian Airlines. But just before that, Canadian Airlines is petitioning better dead than red, better dead than red. So why, <laughs> you know, now they're being forced to be a cohesive team to out-survive a bankruptcy. So you know that, you know, teamwork is going to be crucial yeah. for incredible 
customer service to uh, survive and thrive. And so uh, they brought me in for what they thought was smaller projects. My first project was an employee assistance program because both one, one company had it internal and another one had it external. And now they need one new employee assistance program and everybody, and there was uh, 12 unions in the room. There were the there was five for Air Canada and there was six for Canadian airlines and these reps from pilots to flight attendants to check-in agents to reservation agents to to the ground handlers you know everybody had their own union and they were all right now in the middle of arguments trying to negotiate agreements like do do Canadian Airlines go to the bottom of the pile or do they integrate one and one and you know so they were all we're talking employee assistance program but they're passionate about their their rights so every single thing that we brought up with employee assistance program they want to use it as a negotiating item at the barter table for the big contract so they would just like pound their fists on the table and be swearing like it was <laughs> blew my mind like this was a professional corporate environment but it was myself and my problem solving and conflict resolution and kind of like dealing with no all my life that got this as a cohesive team and people went from walking out of the room, not cooperating to at the end of it all, we had the great employee assistance program and people were tearful and bonded and they're saying, Oh my gosh, if I was on my deathbed, I would want you fighting for my life. And they don't mean me, the facilitator, they mean the people that were the most ornery in the room. Wow. Yeah. Realize that people's passion we're about an employee assistance program, for example, about understanding someone that's involved with AA, that's genuinely putting their best foot forward and they've done what it takes. And so how do we make sure that people are protected in their job and set up for success to get through what they need to yeah. and still be a phenomenal employee? And it was it was a really neat experience, but it, it turned into, so now I was the facilitator that could make impossible happen which was great, but it was just a really great subject, right? We all care about people. It was employee assistance program. So I got this, this incredible job where uh, it involved helping teams come to new visions. And uh, they involved me, there's something called Six Sigma with General Electric. They came to the table because if we went bankrupt, General Electric would lose a very big customer. Yeah. So General Electric was unbelievably generous and supported Air Canada with Six Sigma in a way to increase all of our efficiencies as a new Air Canada Canadian Airlines together airline. How do we, how do we create synergies going forward? And, and uh, there's a train the trainer. So I got trained the trained on Six Sigma to support our business leaders become black belts in Six Sigma and educate green belts. So going forward with uh, more effective efficiencies and this continuous improvement type of philosophy. So it was brilliant. And here I was, you know, this girl doing, you know, three dimensional solar system gigs with different size rocks in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it happened to be very translatable to problem solving at Air Canada. So once I got that first really great corporate gig with their can I was eight years there and I basically facilitated myself out of a job right once they wow. did a, the leveraging of the airlines together yeah. they, 
the what some of the brilliant ideas involved outsource what you're not in the business of doing and so for example HR was outsourced and I was under the HR world and I was offered a manager position on the floor in the airport but I was I that wasn't what I was looking for I wanted to be a facilitator I loved facilitating <laughs> well clearly that's a gift for you you know and and being able to take these companies and get things turned around because you look for such a unique spin on it you're looking for what what is possible not what is not possible yes yes it's always yeah. possible every yeah. time and then and what's funny is I loved that job and it was devastating to to be laid off even though I knew mm. it what it would needed. But six months later, I got a really great package. And six months later, I got a brilliant job with Shoppers Drug Mart. And I got $20,000 more because it wasn't <laughs> a bankrupt company, right? It's a company. Yeah. And the airport was an hour to two hours away from me, depending on traffic. Mm -hmm. And Shoppers Drug Mart was 10 minutes away from me. Oh, brilliant. It was a really nice life lesson that, that, that I should have known by then. There have been many times where significant things <laughs> happened. But once again, and so you have enough of those, you know, it's, it's significant change when you go off to school and you're not living at home for the first time as a young person, but it's also in business and it's also in sailing and it's also in bankruptcy. And it's, it's just like the really, I'm not afraid of any bad news anymore. It's almost like, okay, great. This is the refresh restart. It always is better ahead it's just we don't know that until we get there and you just got to fully believe it and the faster I believe it and embrace it yes you know at the start of this podcast you said to me you know some people think well I can't climb the Himalayas and it's just about taking that first step and I would say that that was very true for me early on in my teens and in my 20s even but maybe yeah. early 20s of that belief that you just take that first step and it doesn't matter that you don't know how you just got to take that first step and you'll figure out the how. But now in my 40s, it's not even about taking that first step. It's like jumping just with blind faith and <laughs> that it always works out. And the, and the faster you jump and embrace it, whether you're ready or not, whether the book is ready or not, whether the business mm -hmm. is ready or not, whether the podcast you want to deliver is, is scripted or not, right? Like just jump. And yeah. if you've got an appetite out there, you'll figure out and make it happen. It's so true. You know, and, and I always say to people, it's like to, to lean in, you don't, maybe you don't know, but to, to lean into it and do it anyway. And when we, when we let go of this idea that we're going to fail, because what is failure? Failure is just a judgment. There is no failure. No. So steps to success. It's the, it's the little, you know, when we're all trying to figure out, our systems at first we sort of stumble and we're super busy and then we like record what are some of the things that we're doing that's working and then it becomes a system that's replicable and you can delegate to somebody else for example well when you have failure when things don't work it's a it's a new piece in your awareness of education mm -hmm. right like it just oh okay that doesn't work <laughs> yeah so I, I wonder if you have um, if you have some maybe some cool tips that you can share with the listeners of you know how they can tap into this amazing energy that you have and this idea that you know your mindset of how can I what yeah. would you how would you tell them like how do they get there what really comes to mind for me is 
like, like I find stories really resonate. Like I could share tips and we're all like, yes, of course, jump. Yes. Be motivated. Yes. Just do it. But what's <laughs> is, is like resonating stories that kind of let you know, Oh yeah, I can do that. If she can do it, I can do that. And you know what? Simple, simple, even though we're in like this high performance athlete at world cup regattas or in a corporate world, but the most resonating story for me is right from kindergarten. You know, the first, I was born a four-way amputee. They don't know why. And I grew up on a street where uh, there was an Ontario lottery for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And enter this contest, you had to have no family or resources in Canada. So everybody on the street didn't have extended family in Canada. And everybody on the street had two kids or more under five. And so what's unique about that is this street that I grew up on, were, there, was an, a, there was an extra number of kids under five. And the other piece is, is that we spent all of our holidays, our, you know, our Christmases and our Ramadans and our Thanksgivings and our Easter's and all of the different holidays together on this street because none of us had extended family. Mm. And so we were more like cousins, Right there, I call them aunts and uncles to this day, over 40 years later. Wow. So when it was time to go to kindergarten, there was a lot of us going together. And it was like like my cousins were coming with me. And the (laughs) system said, oh, Tracy can't go to this local school. And I remember I'm telling you, my mom was much more introverted and not an overly expressive person. And... She couldn't, she was devastated to think that this was possible. And she said, well, like, how come? She's like, well, Tracy's got to be able to tie her shoelaces and get her winter coat on. And, you know, when I was going to school, there were like 30 kids in my kindergarten class. And there was no way that this teacher could focus on one student with high needs. Mm -hmm. And that sort of seems super logical to you and to me hearing this right now. Of course, the teacher can't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And my mom is trying to say, but Tracy can do that. And so there's, but they're, they're highly doubtful. They're thinking that she's overestimating because obviously <laughs> she's a mama bear. Yeah. All of us, you know, often we can be faced with, I'm sorry, this just doesn't work right now. And even hearing it, sometimes we can hear a logic in, yeah, you know what? I'm not really an author or yeah, you know, maybe I'm not fully ready for that management position that they're telling me, right? And even though you're sort of jumping at it and wanting it, someone you respect or someone with a peer perceived greater authority is saying that that's not going to work and that they know better. But I think it's important that you respect no, but I think it's important that you really listen to what are the obstacles that the no is coming from. So my mom is hearing tying shoelaces. And so she knows I can do that. So it makes sense that the teacher can't have a higher demand. But, but the, the reason that they're telling me no isn't something that seems reasonable. So I think what we can all do, whether we're in business or in recreation or having a conversation with our neighbor over wanting to share the cost of a fence, whatever it is, when you're hearing no, is to counter offer. And so my mom, whatever reason, was smart enough, and I've done this the rest of my life, is she counteroffered and she said, can we try Tracy for one week and see how it works? And so the trick there was now there was no attachment to, they weren't agreeing to taking me on to something that wasn't going to work. 
but would they be willing to just try for a week? And then if it didn't work, we would revisit the idea that I would go to a special school. And so I remember my mom and she was like, when she dropped me off that first day of school and she got down on her knees so that she was eye to eye with me. Hmm. She like grabbed my shoulders, either side of my arms. And it's like my earliest childhood memory because it was one of those really intense moments, you know, mm-hmm. she was looking at me in my eyes and she was like holding me almost to the point where it kind of hurt my shoulder. She was gripping me so tight <laughs> and she's like, Tracy, it's really important that everybody gets outside to recess together, including you. Okay. I don't know why she's being so intense, but I'm like, I promise mom. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's what this is riding on. Like, I don't know why she's super powerful about this, but she really wants me to make sure everybody's together. So I'm like, okay. So come recess time, the principal goes outside and he doesn't see me. And he waits like five minutes and I'm still not outside. And he waits like 10 minutes and I still haven't made it outside. And so at 15 minutes, of course, I'm still not there. And the recess bell goes, and I never made it outside. So at this point, he's like fallen in love with me already, and he really wants me to be hmm. at school. But he also knows that he's got to be a stand for the teacher, right? Like yep. she's got kids. So he's devastated, and he wants to be supportive of my mom. And so he, catches her he runs to catch her after school at like three o'clock so that she's not facing the bad news alone so him and my mom they they come up to me and I won't make eye contact with them because I promised right Mm -hmm. and my mom says she's like Tracy did you get outside for recess and she's excited because she knows I can tie my shoelaces and I'm like no mom and I I can't really talk and the principal sort of like talks for me and he's like, I think she's trying to say that she didn't get out. Is that right? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't get everybody outside, mom. And so, and I apologize. I'm sorry, mom. And so the principal and my mom, they go to talk to the teacher to find out what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher says, uh, Tracy had no problem. She tied her shoelaces in record time at the start of it all. But then her little friend couldn't tie her shoelaces. And Tracy tied her shoelaces. Well, it turns out none of the kids in the class could tie their shoelaces. <laughs> and Tracy was bound and determined to get everybody outside together. So she tied everybody's shoelaces. And they all lined up to have her do it. <laughs> and by the time she tied everybody's shoelaces, recess was over. Wow. And so it's, you know, this happens to us in the corporate world, right? Yeah. Where a director is looking at us as a manager or a corporation is looking at us as an independent entrepreneur woman. And they're not sure, well, how is it that she can do this? And, and maybe in our head, it seems logical. How is it that a four-way amputee can be independent in a classroom? But the thing is, I was the only kid in the class without hands. And I was the only kid in the class that was required to be able to tie my shoelaces. (laughs) And none of the other kids that had hands were required to have two shoelaces. 
So I think when we're listening to the no's, we got to be respectful of no, but we also got to realize like sometimes standard operating procedures or guidelines, they're in place because there's an assumption that it's required. And it doesn't matter how logical it sounds. If your God, if your intuition or your heart or your, you just, you just know in your heart of hearts that you can do this or it makes sense from your perspective, the consulting that you're providing is, is definitely not to disagree. I don't think it's ever important to disagree with anybody. I think it's really important that you listen and you try to come at it in a different way and you counter offer so that there's some kind of nugget that people are willing to take that on in a different way, in a safer way that doesn't feel so risky for the listener. Mm-hmm. And that you don't, just because there's a rule, it doesn't mean it makes sense, right? It totally made sense to you and me that I'd be able to tie my shoelaces because of the whole kindergarten class of 30 kids. Yeah. Right? And it makes sense. So how does that transfer to some of the business things that you're hearing that makes complete logic? It's just because it's a logical assumption. And so that's something, you're like, what's a tip for our users? I say counter offer when you're faced with no and I shared sort of this really it's a little bit of a lame joke in a way I say the deliver the limitless secret and I spell limb with a b right (laughs) limbs so what's the limitless secret for an unstoppable you and and that's it right it's just like exceed your uncertainty and just totally believe that you are capable Mm. right and like when I started sailing, I was always falling out of the boat that first summer. I kept falling out of the boat. Out <laughs> of the boat. And it's because I don't have legs, right? Yeah. So I was a weevil wobble doll, total yeah. weevil wobble doll. I had no way I could get my feet under the hiking straps. I just weevil wobbled right up. But I could swim. It was no problem. And I pat the, the requirements to participate were that you swim two lengths of the swimming pool and yeah. you wear a life jacket. And so I swam, no problem. And I wasn't scared. And I knew I would get there. I wasn't disappointed. I was falling out of the boat. It just, I know that I'm going to fall out of the boat and I'll eventually figure it out. And I'll figure out how not to fall out of the boat. And so I just, I knew I would get there. And it's so great as, you know, as people that oversee others or working with a group or are supporting and coaching others. It's just no matter how much somebody's struggling, at first is believe that they're capable. And you yourself, if you are symbolically falling out of the boat, just believe you're capable. <laughs> and that first summer, right? Like I, I, the, everybody in my class, they all got their white sail level one and they didn't give me a white sail level one, right? They gave me a paper fish because I spent more time swimming with the fish. Like a, <laughs> a right? And I loved it. I didn't mind. And and you can see why they'd be afraid. Oh, four-way amputee, little girl, throwing yeah. her in Lake Ontario where the ferries are. But it was no more dangerous than it was throwing all the other little children in the water, right? Other yeah. kids were falling out in the water. We all passed the swim test. We're all wearing life jackets. Yes. Why is it any different? Why should we pull yeah. the plug for me? I and, love it. I love right? it. Right? I became a World Cup sailor. So in able-bodied, we got it. Oh, Tracy, you are just such an inspiration. And honestly, I have no doubt that we could talk for hours. 
unfortunately it's a half hour show. So, <laughs> you know, and you know, so if people want to find out more about you, they should really take a stop over to your website, unstoppabletracy.com. Check this out because this woman is so dynamic. And, you know, if you think that you have limitations, uh, you know, re-listen to this podcast to remind you that anything's possible. Start to look at what you can do, pulling those counter offers like Tracy suggested and yeah, jump in there and do it. So thank you again for coming on this podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, Dana, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Unstoppable you. It's not about unstoppable Tracy. It's about unstoppable you. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks. So inspired by you, Dana. I love the work that you do. My inner dominatrix was definitely dialed up by all (laughs) on your site and your posts. Thank you for sharing so generously. Fabulous. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.